Excellent. Afternoon, everybody. Lovely to see you here. Uh, my name's James. I'm the vicar here. And um, yeah, just lovely to see you here. Now, uh, the wise and discerning amongst you remember that Caleb introduced our service by reminding us today is Christ the King. Christ the King. Now, if you're not familiar with church, particularly with the Anglican Church and the Roman Catholic Church, we do this cool thing. So, you know, like you've got this calendar, you know, like January, February, March and all that and November and December. So, so we've got our own one as a church because we looked at everyone else's and we thought well that's all right but we're going to have our own one so throughout the year we have certain moments that it's called the lectionary or the something like that that we mark special occasions like christmas day christmas eve advent and today is one of those which is christ the king now the wise and descending amongst you like dave who was brought up and is a true catholic will know uh, that what tonight really is it's not just a normal sunday is it it's not a normal sunday no it's because this is New Year's Eve. Do you know that? You didn't know that, did you? There you go. You just thought you were coming out for a nice little worship service. But tonight is actually New Year's Eve. So in the church calendar, next Sunday uh, is the new year. Because we're not going to, you know, we won't meet on Saturday night, will we? Next Sunday is like the start of the calendar year, Advent. So it's like New Year's Eve. It's like Big Ben tonight, isn't it? It's like get the fireworks out and cakes, bought cakes and everything. It's a proper New Year's Eve party. So, so it's Christ the King and it's kind of like our New Year's Eve. And um, Tay is going to bring our reading, which is the assigned reading for today. And Ashley's reading this and she will read it brilliantly. It's like a bedtime story, a New Year's Eve story. No pressure, Tay. But Ashley's reading it. Uh, begin to engage with the text and think, why on earth would the church use this psalm to kind of end the church year with? So uh, Tay will read it and uh, all will be revealed. You can have this, this is a special one, yeah. So it's Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams made glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Brilliant. Thank you, Tay. It's intriguing, isn't it? And all will be revealed as we go along. Why, why would the church would choose that passage, as it were, to kind of celebrate and to see off a year, the, the year and begin a new one? So we'll explore that in a bit. But have you ever had that experience when um, someone, you're reading the Bible and you just feel like, you know, m most of the time we read the Bible and it's good and it's all, it's all going well. Sometimes it's a struggle and apart from one or two, but you know, you, you're going along. But there's moments when you read it and you think like, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. 
Have you, have you had that experience? You just think, that's exactly what I need to hear today. And it's almost like it's, it really is speaking to you and speaking to your context. So have you ever had those conversations when you, you're nattering away to somebody and um, they just say something and it kind of just hits you like, that's exactly what I need to hear. I remember I've been in a few situations like that where I've been sort of waffling on about all the, uh, my worries in the world and all that kind of stuff. And, and the person challenges you, just says one or two things, you're like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And suddenly you just feel, not, not, the situation's not changed, but you just feel better about it. You feel like you can cope with it. Do you know that feeling? Or is it just me? There's, somebody nod and I'll finish quicker. Yeah, yeah. All right, Felicia, get the message. The, yeah, I'm just teasing. Uh, but, but it's a little, this passage, this psalm is one of those for me. It's, it's kind of something I've lived with actually for quite a few years. And I find it's one of those scriptures that continue, continuously speaks to me. And I think continuously can speak to us as a church and in our context but also just us as kind of human beings I think just going about our daily lives remember the, the opening line is just so so um, well known isn't it God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble have you heard that one before <laughs> that one sounds like a joke doesn't it it's not a joke uh, you know if you heard that verse before you know God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble and actually a really closer translation is really cool it says God is abundantly available for help in tight situations. Great for I'm a celebrity. God is abundantly available help in tight situations. So if you're feeling that this afternoon where like life is kind of getting on top of you a little bit and you're feeling all a bit squeezed, God is abundantly available for help in those sorts of situations. It's like he gives you that sort of space. So that's kind of the most well-known uh, parts of it. But it's a really interesting psalm. So as you kind of delve into it and go a little bit deeper and, and, and you get to, get to grips with it, you note two things that are happening in this psalm. And the psalmist talks about two big changes that are happening in his lifetime or her lifetime. One is political change and one is personal change. So political and personal change. So the psalmist talks about how nations are in uproar. So you've got to get, this was written thousands of years ago, okay? So thousands of years ago, nations are in uproar. It's like one, war, one nation is fighting another nation. And, and kingdoms tottering, that's, um, you know, that just means the kingdoms that were so solid and strong and, and everyone could rely on, it just, it, they're just tottering, they're, they're falling down. And It's like one country wants to be another country and wants to dominate and control. And it's not like today, is it? it no so it's like you know it's like this huge change that is that is going on there's huge kind of political change you know now occasionally I read an author and I'm going to tell you his name and he's the most best-selling author around but nobody ever admits to reading one of his books because it's embarrassing and he's a naughty boy okay Jeffrey Archer did you? So, yeah, yeah. Has anybody ever read a Jeffrey Archer book? Yeah, yeah. They're not bad, are they? You're just, I don't like to admit it, okay? They're not bad. Anyway, so I was listening to a podcast. It, he happened to be interviewed on it. I wasn't listening because I thought, oh, I really want to hear how Jeffrey is. Uh, uh, it just, it was, I was falling asleep and it just went on to the next one. And someone said to him, said, you know, what would happen if you ever thought of kind of writing like a, like a political commentary on all that's happening today or a fiction about kind of Britain today? And he said this, he said, he's, he's written hundreds and hundreds of fictional, probably not hundreds, but you know, a lot of fictional books. He said, if I went to a publisher today and I said, I've got this idea for a book, okay, 
And it's about these three months set in the most stable democratic countries in the world, like what people call like the mother of all democracies. And within those three months, the monarch dies, and there's a new monarch. And then within those three months, one prime minister resigns, and another one starts. And then that prime minister resigns, and then another one starts. And who knows, you know, by next week, how we're getting on. And, and then within that time, we have like four home secretaries, ten educational secretaries, and, you know... It, 20 foreign, you know, 100 chance of exchequers. And, and then one of those prime ministers manages to kind of make the country bankrupt all within kind of a few months. He said, if I took that to a publisher, the publisher wouldn't believe anything like that could ever happen. You know, and he's saying, it's such strange times that truth is stranger than fiction at the moment. And the psalmist is writing in that kind of time where he's like, or she is like, what is going on, man? This is just unstable. And here's the weird thing at the moment that's happening, is that back in the day, whenever that day was, but back in that day, what goes on out there didn't always feel like it impacted us in here, in our heads and in our hearts. There was a little bit of distance. You'd have news at 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock and 10 o'clock, and that would be that. You weren't bombarded with information. And what happened out there didn't seem to impact as much but nowadays, what we're noticing is this, is, is all the stresses and strains that we are feeding as a nation, it really starts to impact us, doesn't it? You dare not watch the news. You, you feel nervous. You think, well, you know, who's prime minister? And there's that kind of anxiety level kind of raises. So the psalmist is going through massive political change, a little bit like us today. But he's also going through personal change. So it's not just kind of political, it's personal change. And so he's going through... We don't actually know what he or she was going through. Presume it's most scriptures sat, written by blokes. That's why I'm using he, sadly. But anyway, it's another sermon for another year. But, but, but he, the psalmist is right this. So we don't know what change was going through. But he talks about this. He talks about mountains falling into the sea. Now, he wasn't kind of prophesying climate change, but may, maybe he was. Who knows? But the psalmist was, when he, lit, where he lived in Jerusalem, I think it was David who wrote it, you'd look around, and all around Jerusalem, you'd have mountains. And they were like the stable and sure kind of place of Jerusalem. They, that, you know, it's like Clent Hills. Do you know what I mean? Or, or you know, the castle in Dudley or Wren's Nest. That's not go, it's not going anywhere, you know, or Top Church or what have you, 800 years or what, you know. These are like these sure places. And he's looking at them, he's saying, I'm facing such changes and stress. It's like those mountains are falling down. The old certainties of life are just fading away what I used to think who I was what I'm about what I think about stuff it's just there's so much change going on it's just poof, everything's falling apart it's just too much or whether it's like he faced ill health we don't know when you face ill health your life changes overnight if you have serious illness it changes overnight your life is ruled by hospital appointments and and whether you're going to be well enough for the next day or the next year, it completely changes everything. Whether a family member or whether it's bereavement and loss and you've, you've lost, lost a loved one, your last Sunday was so moving as we were lighting candles to remember our loved ones. Big change is happening. And so the psalmist is writing in this context. It's a bit stressful. Big political changes and big personal changes. One of those is kind of manageable-ish. But two at the same time, that's intense. That is intense. And I imagine some of us could kind of like relate to some of that today. And within all of this stuff going on, kicking off, it's brilliant. It, God speaks. Isn't that cool? It's a relief, isn't it? God speaks into that situation. Now, here's the really interesting thing, because just in case that wasn't. Here's the really interesting thing is this. It says God speaks. And actually, kind of the Hebrew word for speak there, uh, some scholars think it says God whispers. 
Isn't that cool? He whispers. And when someone whispers, or you get to a certain age like me where you feel like, oh, I can't, can't quite hear people, you have to yeah, either say pardon or you just lean in, don't you? When someone whispers, you, you lean in. You have to listen. And God whispers, and you're leaning in, and you want to hear what God says. Isn't that interesting? He whispers. Contrast that with the nations and the kingdoms. What are they doing? They're out fighting and battling. Contrast that with, with that. And, uh, you know, with kind of the mountains falling into the sea and all these dramatic things happening. And yet all God does is whisper. He's not kind of fighting for attention. He doesn't feel he's in battle despite some of our worships, not our worship songs, but worship songs that are written. But he always seems to be battling for the glory of his name. He's, he's, he's all right, thanks. He's God. He's, he's infinite. He's, he was there in the beginning. He'll be there at the end. It's all right. You know, he is in that moment where actually he's whispering and he's saying, and he's just trying to get our attention. And when God whispers, he says this, for people, when people are going through these big changes, he says, if only you had tithed more, you'd have been all right. That's what he says, doesn't he? Yeah? Or the other translation is, if only you had prayed a bit harder, you'd have been all right. Or if only you'd read your Bible in the original Greek and understood it all, you'd have been, you'd have been, if you'd gone to church more, you missed that Sunday, didn't you? And you had a text or whatever. It doesn't say any of that. What he says is something really wonderful and beautiful. He says this. All those things may have a point at some place. But he says this. He says, be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. He's kind of saying, I can see all the stuff that's happening, but I'm going to be exalted among the nations. I've read to the end of the story, God says, and I've read the end of Revelation. We win. It's all right. It all works out in the end. All will be well. And he says, be still and know. Isn't that interesting? God doesn't say, just do a little bit more, pray a bit more, call some prayer meetings or or read your Bible more or do a degree or get ordained. And all those things are awesome things to do. Don't get me wrong. They're brilliant, beautiful ways of engaging with God. But in the midst of all that stress and strain of life, that's not what God says in this psalm. God just simply says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. So God is saying for us this afternoon, when we're facing all these changes in our world, and perhaps for some of us facing massive changes in our own lives and feeling the stress and the strain and the pull of that, all God is saying, he's not saying read more, pray more, tithe more, give more, go to church more, more cakes or more this or more that or more that, you know, da, da, da. He's saying, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. When the stress level rises, God says, be still and know that I am God. When you're feeling out of control and you think, I've got to get stuff done because I'm feeling really out of control here and I'm losing it, God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Now, I've shared this before, but here's the really cool thing. Uh, One of the really cool things that you can do uh, with this little uh, thing. If you could bring the slide on, Joe, that would be great. That would be fantastic, yeah. Uh, just one, uh, a little kind of thing I've shared before, but it's a fantastic uh, spiritual discipline uh, around these words of be still and know that I am God. So I want you to picture, so you're all at uh, home if you've got a nice home and you're on, um, perhaps you've got a nice little... Um, uh, you got your, you know, no one's putting the heating on, so you got your blanket on, got your blanket, you got a hot water bottle, hot chocolate, anyone, oval team, get into that stage, yeah? Uh, uh, a glass or something, and you're all cosy and you're warm and you're all kind of settled, um, uh, but if you've had a sort of stressful life or a stressful day, and this is a way you can use these wonderful words just to enable 
what God is saying to happen, okay? So what God says, he enables you to make it happen and create that space. It's a really beautiful little thing you can do. It's just this. You can just say to yourself, so all within God's love, a form of meditating on God's words is just say James. Well, don't say James. That'd be a bit weird, but you you can have a go at me if you want to say that. But, you know, say your own name. Uh, You know, say, uh, James, be still and know that I am God. James, be still and know that I am. That's the great I am. That's a, a description of God. Be still and know. Be still and then just be. So James, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still and be. And in that place, when you reflect on those words, it somehow enables us to experience that with all the frantic anxiety of the world around us, the stresses and strains of our lives, our heads or our kids or our family members or whatever it is, we can gather in that place to be still. And out of that place, what we discover is trust in God rises up again within us. We trust God and we think, you know what? I'm stressed to the heavens and beyond. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I can't cope with life half the time. But do you know what? I can trust God. He says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will have it. I've got it in hand. God has got it in hand. I can let trust kind of rise up. And somehow I can cope with tomorrow. My mum's, um, she's passed away many years ago. But one of her favorite hymns uh, was, um, um, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. My mum wasn't a great kind of charismatic, heart-waving Christian, you know, but that was on her favorite lines. Because God lives, I can face tomorrow. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Great is God's faithfulness. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little chance just to, um, Dave has, we are so blessed to have Dave in our church. We're blessed to have everybody. But Dave, I'm really blessed to have Dave. Dave's going to lead us in this as a song. So he's written a song uh, around these words and a tune around it. And he's just going to lead us in a quiet, sing it a few times where we just experience that. Then after that, we're going to have a little moment where we're going to do um, a response, an opportunity just to respond, which I'll explain in a moment. But we're just going to have that place of peace and quiet amongst all the noises of kids and coughs and colds and all that, but where we can just be still and know uh, that I am God. Thanks, Dave.
So I don't know about you, one of my challenges is, is how, how do I remind myself of that on Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday? Do, do you know what I mean? When, when life starts to take over. So we're going to continue in our worship. Dave will sing this and some other songs. But near your chair, you should have, and this might not be everyone's cup of tea, so I, re- I recognize that, but you should have a postcard. There should be one that you should be sat on. It'll be all squashed and warm now. You should have a postcard. And I've got some pens here. And um, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to just write that out. Be so and know that I am God. I'm going to write it. And um, I can't decide yet what I'm going to do. I might post it to myself. I mean, I know it costs money these days, doesn't it? I post it. But I might post it to myself. So this week... At some point, if there's no strikes, I'll receive that through the post and I'll have a reminder. Yeah, James, you know what? Be still and know that I'm God. Or it might be there's somebody else that you think, you know what, I know they're going through a tough time. So you might want to write it and then later on just pop it in the post to them or through their letterbox as a way of saying, just be still. So Dave's going to continue in our worship and lead us in other songs as well. And uh, if you want to do that, you're welcome to as a form of response. And uh, as this part draws to a close, we'll say the Lord's Prayer together before uh, a final song together. So Dave, you lead us in that. And then if you want to, you can. If you need some pens, um, there's some pens here at the front. Uh, if you want to, or uh, I'll wander down the aisle. That'd be the easiest thing. And then, um, yeah, thank you, Dave.
sweet.